everybody! Welcome back to Coffee with Clems. Uh, we are now back after the Christmas break, and I bring to you a gift. A late Christmas... Christmas... <laughs> We're off to a great start already. I'm already messing up the word Christmas. Fantastic. A late Christmas gift. And wow, what, what could be in the box? Why, it's Foxcade. Goodness me, what do you do, Foxcade? Oh, oh. <laughs> I stole uh, I stole Pat's bit. Uh, I'm drinking a Rockstar. Uh, I, I don't have coffee, so. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? Like, I, I heard that and I was like, this is almost like deja vu. <laughs> what's what's yeah. going on here? But yeah, what do you do on YouTube, my friend? Uh, I do a lot of videos about pop culture. Originally, I started as more just video games. Uh, a lot of people know me for talking about Devil May Cry. And uh, at some point, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to be pigeonholed to only talk about video games because I did a whole degree, like a four-year degree in media studies and communications. So, like, mm. I, I have more <laughs> things to talk about. So Ooh. I started doing a, you know, I did a video about Malcolm in the Middle. You people did. People might have seen because that did surprisingly well. Uh, yeah, you can say that. It's got, like, yeah. so many views. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's got like how many? Two point two point one million? Am I right? One point two, one point two. Okay, I think, so I kind like of I, I overshot it by just a fraction. <laughs> just a fraction, but just a still, smidge. like you know, that's impressive for a channel of my size. Mm -hmm. so, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I did that, and then I did something about gargoyles, and I still talk about video games. Recently, I had uh, you on a video about uh, Near. Yes. Because I did a whole retrospective of Near, diving digging into its themes, what it's saying through its stories and mechanics, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, probably in the new year, going to be talking about other video games, other cartoons. You know, I've got a few things lined up that I, I'm like, I want to talk about this. Yeah, no, so. that's that's really, really cool. Um, I've got to admit, it, it does make me envious sometimes when I see people just being able to go like, you know what, I'm going to break the mold a bit and just do a video on this, like, early 2000s sitcom i'm like man you know <laughs> um it's like i try i try to do that with manga and anime but the thing is is that they i don't want to say they underperform too badly but when i know that my video game stuff does pretty consistently well it does make it quite difficult just to branch out into something a little different um that that's i guess where my problem lies with that but at the same time it's like well you know fuck it sometimes you gotta and, and, st stir and the so many bit. people have that problem that that is a problem that i 100 percent get and that's yeah. why i feel very fortunate that i'm able to break out of it and anytime i do respect retrospectives on you know those topics they you know tend to do fairly well yeah so it tends to work out i remember talking to someone uh recently another youtuber that they were saying the same thing of like man I, I i only talk about games but you know i love uh one piece and i love uh clan ed and mm. you know a bunch of other stuff and i was like honestly just do it like even if you know it's gonna underperform if anything that takes the burden off see i really want to do a video on on more anime um there's a show which i i love to the heavens uh it's called ore monogatari or uh my love story my love story i i think i pronounced that right i may have just i may have just fucked up i hope not um <laughs> you, you're talking about anime someone's gonna come talk to you about how you mispronounced it oh absolutely yeah someone's gonna like come and grab me by the throat and slap my fucking tits and be like no <laughs> you Fuck that shit up, baby boy. Um, but yeah, what they're so... threatening you with a good time? <laughs> I mean, that could guess I better fuck up anime some more then. Yes. Um, but yeah, fucking my love story, man. Have you watched that? 
Uh, no, but I've heard about it, namely from you and a few other people. Oh, you really need to watch it. It's just the best. I do. It's the best show. It's so good. And I guess I can talk about it a little bit now before we start moving on to what the hell you and me have been up to lately. Uh, the adventures that we've shared. Um, so my love story is, I, I don't, I don't want to call it a deconstruction of shoujo anime because it's, it's not, but it definitely subverts expectations as far as a shoujo anime goes. Um, see, a, lo- a lot of shoujo I, 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 enjo- I enjoy, like, I really like Fruits Basket. Um, that's a show which I've loved since I was a, a wee tiny baby boy. Um, any idea what Fruits Basket is? The, the general gist? Uh, I'm familiar with it, but I've never watched it. It's really cute. Um, I, I kind of recommend the new show, which is airing on Crunchyroll right now. Essentially, it's about a family that has been cursed with the Chinese Zodiac. And what happens is, if they are touched... Not, not touched. If they are embraced by a member of the opposite sex, they turn into their designated Chinese Zodiac animal. Um, and they're very, like, chibi and cute and stuff like that, but essentially it's the curse where it's, like, you have to breed within the family and it's kind of fucked. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of familiar with this. I've also been reading a Webtoons that kind of, I think, took inspiration from that because it's got a similar-ish premise, so. Yeah, it's it's really, really cute, and I guess I like it because the humor is so um, lighthearted and fun, uh, but also the drama in it is obviously very very shoujo-esque where it's like oh no she's been caught looking at this boy and now the other one's given her the stink eye and i'm like oh how's this gonna pan out in the next episode you know what i mean it's like, oh this oh no there was a misunderstanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quite yeah literally it's just, it's like that and uh they have a few really good arcs in it but my love story they do away with all that and instead they well it still does have drama but it's dealt with so much better, in my opinion. Apart from maybe around episode 15 or so. And I'm going to discuss that right now because that episode pisses me off so much. And I'm going to go into more detail <laughs> in the future. Oh my god. So, uh, tell me if you like this concept where the show focuses around, and I'm doing it in quotation marks here, an ugly boy. I say that because obviously looks are subjective. Um, honestly, I don't really see an issue with him. He just has big lips. And a, he's really big and muscly. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I have fucking mates who look like that. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, wouldn't call that <laughs> I wouldn't call them ugly. Um, and yeah, he's really big and he's he, he looks like, you know, a bit, a bit of an oaf. But he has the heart of the best human being on the planet. He's really, really sweet. He's like a the, the kind of man who will reach up into a tree to save a kitten. You know, that kind of guy. Um, yeah. he, he's a real romantic at heart. He falls in love with girls very easily who give him, like, the time of day, but he's not, like, a, an incel. You know, if they go with someone else, he's like, well, I'm happy they're happy. You know, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And they always fall in love with his best friend, who is the traditional shoujo protagonist. He's very handsome. He's, you know, he's always, he's always kind of very brooding, you know, but... All these girls are like, oh, I've never seen him laugh. But he only laughs when he's with this guy. So he gets to see a whole different side to this man. And it's really quite sweet to see that whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't need a girlfriend. He just needs his best buddy. And it's like, that's so cute. And one day, I think in episode one or two, they're on a, they're on a train. And the big guy notices this 
one guy trying to grope a girl in a busy train. And he's like, nah, nah, fuck that, mate. Fuck that. So he's like storming through and he's like, oh, are you fucking, uh, fr- fucking Freddy Fingers? You know, get your hands <laughs> out of there. And and then the girl turns around. She's like, oh, thanks, fam. And then he's like, wow, she's a fucking looker. And then from there, you know, a, a tiny little romance blossoms. Oh, my phone. How unprofessional of me. I'm the fucking host and my phone's going off. My God. Um, God so, yeah. damn, Clems. I know, fucking hell. I'm never going to invite myself onto my podcast again. <laughs> um, but yeah, and basically uh, what happens is there's this whole thing where it's like, will they, won't they? For an episode. There's an entire episode designated to this, and then they become a couple in episode three. And it's like, oh, thank fuck for that. We didn't have to go through 20 episodes of awkward you know, flirting back and forth. They just become a couple in episode three. And it's wonderful because episode two is focused on him thinking like, oh, she clearly loves my best friend because all the other girls do. And she's like, no, I I actually really like you because you're the one that, that saved me. And you're like, you know, you're, you're, you just seem very kind hearted and sweet and you like my baking. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> Hang on a minute. What? And then they become a couple. And, the rest of the series is based on the prejudice that they face as a couple from other people. So you get people looking at them, like, for example, her friends, who expect her to be going out with this really attractive guy, and it turns out that he is, quote-unquote, ugly. So they they make fun of him, and she ends up crying because of it. So the drama comes from other people judging their relationship. And it's it's really interesting, and it's really funny as well. Like it's a funny show. Um, and well, it sounds like the drama is is consistently external rather than being internal. Exactly, and I I really like that because the whole thing is is that she's not worried about breaking up with him because you know other people are judging her. She's worried about having to break up with her friends because of the way they're acting. So they, you know, it's 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 that kind of thing, and it's really interesting, and it's really sweet. And then episode, there's an episode around fifteen, approximately, and I swear to God, it's it's the worst, um, the worst episode in the show, at least, where it it focuses on their friends and the drama that they face as a couple, and they're going through really traditional, stereotypical shojo tropes and the couple are just like ha 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 look at us we're a perfect couple and then they're like oh fuck you and it's just like so petty and shit and i'm like i don't care about these people i don't care about their relationship i care about about the other people's relationship like i don't care about (laughs) this because it's so like schoolgirl schoolboy drama and i'm like oh my god this is so lame um other than that though the show is pretty fucking perfect but yeah, you know, it, it, you know what you should do, Clems. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you should make a video. Sounds like I should. Sounds like I should fucking vent <laughs> on this a little bit because I have words to say about that particular episode. Um, Every time I say that, it's always like very sincere to other people, but it does always sound like I'm like being like, "Shut up, talking about it." <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. Also, oh, I'm so, oh fuck, oh god, I'm so sorry about one person who hates me burping. It happened again. Um, so yeah, I guess 
moving on from my love story, I I have to I have to ask you a question, which is uh, what the hell have we been up to in the last few weeks? As to why why I invited you on the podcast in the first place, what the hell have we been up to, my friend? Oh, there there is a there is an adventure we had uh, at Magfest. Mm. Yes, we went to Magfest, me and Foxcade. We went on a little adventure um, to Magfest on the East Coast, I think? Yes, uh, down in uh, near Baltimore, uh, around Washington, uh, National Harbor. Yeah, so why don't you explain a little bit about exactly what Magfest is? Uh, so those unfamiliar, uh, there can't be that many of you because it's probably one of the bigger kind of cons that isn't like E3 or something or PAX. It's, uh, mostly just like a convention for gaming and music. Uh, there's a host of panels. It's very, I'd say it's very internet focused because there isn't a lot of, um, like other cons, like, you know, uh, London Comic Con or, you know, Mm. one of those where they bring in celebrities like, oh, look at, uh. You know, uh, P- here's Peter Dinklage. You know, sure, go say sure. hi to him. They'll bring on, you know, Super Eye Patch Wolf and yeah. you know other internet people. Uh, Jesse Cox, I think, was there. Um, Wooly and Angus Pat were there unofficially, but they had you know their own little signings and stuff. Yeah. So it's a lot more internet culture focused. Um, there's a marketplace, but the big thing about Magfest is they also bring in like a bunch of arcades and a bunch of consoles, and they set it up near the. Uh, marketplace so and it also runs like 24 hours like so uh, thursday at two is when the marketplace and the arcades uh open up and they don't close until sunday at three like Mm -hmm. not once so if you're up at like five in the morning and you want to go play a set of guilty gear fucking go nuts fam like you know if you can get a spot on the arcade you know uh yeah, like just the whole thing was such an otherworldly experience because I've never been to like the US properly. So yeah, it's uh, mm. I've never been since I was like eight. Like the only places I've been are California when I was really young and Vegas recently. But I feel Vegas is almost like doesn't count. Yeah, very tourist trappy. Yeah, whereas this was like, oh, this is just actual. <laughs> America. <laughs> Just filled with weeaboos and stinky Smash Bro fans. Oh, yeah. And that's the one thing, yeah. Very <laughs> stinky sometimes. It was so funny. Like, did, did you... I, I think we did tell you how, like, the Smash Bros section of the gaming thing was, like, cornered off. Yeah, yeah, where the, uh, because they had the, they had one side that was all just, like, arcade machines, like, proper arcade machines, some even imported right from Japan. Yeah. And then there was, uh, the other side, which was, uh, consoles, so they had, like, a bunch of, you know, TVs, CRTs, and there's just one corner that's just (laughs) filled with CRTs so the Smash nerds can play their Smash Bros, and it's just funny seeing it just, like, walled off. In well, this it was, little corner. It was smelly. That's the thing. I don't understand. <laughs> what his, I, I know, like, you know, not every Smash Bros fan. I get it. But why do, why do like, people like to live up to the stereotype of it so much? I don't... I hate being smelly. You know? Like, I hate it. I, I, I have to make sure that I'm clean. If I smell, like, an ounce of body odor on myself, I have to go shower or bathe. I just can't yeah, have it on I, me. Yeah, I get that feeling. I, I get very, like, self-conscious when it's like, oh, it's been a hot day and I can, you know, I'm, you know, pits are starting to smell. It's like, oh, I feel uncomfortable now. Yeah, um, it, it just but doesn't there's take... just, I think it's just the general con of just 
something about weeaboo culture kind of tends to attract you know the 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 smellier of us unfortunately i don't want to say that as a judgment but it's just (laughs) an unfortunate truth is there was um some people that just didn't have great hygiene uh there was one time where i was walking of course it was near the rhythm game section oh well at the same time like i i kind of understand the rhythm game section like if you're if you're fucking going crazy on that shit, uh, and yes, you have, it, you're it wasn't up it wasn't body order though. It was just the smell of just rank. Someone just went in their pants. Oh like, no! Like it wasn't even like oh this smells a little this smells a little gross. It was like oh my god, it someone was, just stinky. like yeah, it was yeah. really bad. It was the worst Oof. I smelled all um all con, and there was just like just those little incidences where I'm just like looking at someone. I'm like, man, that's just really bad hygiene. Um, to start, to start with my mag fest, one of the first things I did, um, as a joke, I stood in, uh, our mutual friend, uh, uh, eye patch wolf's yeah. lineup for uh signatures because nothing else was going on it was like one o'clock so literally nothing was open yet so i was like okay well i have an hour to kill mm. so fuck it all as a joke i'll do this because uh like you clems and like a lot of people nobody <laughs> yeah. knew what i looked like oh that's so true. i kind of was like incognito the entire weekend so i was like okay this uh, this will be funny and I stood stood in the line, and God bless John. He he will talk to every single person oh, in his lineup yeah. for like five minutes, but it also makes the lineups really long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lineup of like fifteen people will take an hour. Oof. Um, but uh, I bring it up because there was one guy that was standing in front of me, heavier set guy. Nothing wrong with that, but his girlfriend starts scratching his back, and it like lifts his <sighs> shirt, and I'm just like, uh, like. whatever like i'll just ignore it and then at some point like a couple minutes later he starts lifting his shirt and scratching his belly and was like uh can you not like yeah and that just was like is this the standard we're gonna be going with with magfest and for the most part everybody was really nice really clean but there was just those few that were like clearly not taught some lessons or they just aren't aren't um they just don't think about how they're acting in a public setting it's a shame because I I that's I, I think like if somebody's smell like invades my nose I'm like I, it just kind of it aggravates me I'm like why it does not take long just to wash your armpits and get some antiperspirant like it really doesn't I'm sorry but there's I just don't think there's any excuse for it unless you're allergic you know like I uh, it, I would say I would say I would make the argument of like it's been a long day and like you haven't been able to because it's like oh you know long con days like you know you've been standing around in lines it, it sometimes gets hot I can I can I can accept a certain amount sure where it's like okay but, like you know end uh, of the day but it's like when it's really bad it's like okay I feel you didn't do anything to mitigate this well it's also like at the same time I I I don't see it as an excuse really because I flew all the way from England and the first thing I did when I got all my bags in the hotel was find a shop and buy some antiperspirant you know because we can't yeah, yeah. you can't take fluids on the plane so I had to like spray before I got on the plane and then as soon as I landed I went to a fucking shop and bought some it is not hard, and I, again, I, I yeah, flew and, like and I'm, eleven I, hours. I, I I have that caveat for like, you already showered in the morning, you did your whole routine, you're clean, and then it's just been like a long day. Mm-hmm. That's where my caveat was coming. Is like sometimes it's just been long day, really hot. You know, 
then it's acceptable, you know. But if it's like start of the day and you just haven't done anything, come on, man, get, like just go for a shower, right? Just stop being but, stinky. <laughs> yeah, but that's Easy. that's a lot of cons. I feel that's a universal con experience of just like you're dealing with like how many hundreds of people, hot rooms. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, at uh, Comic-Con yeah. London, they now have a thing where they put up signs going, please spray yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, legit. Yeah, they actually have, like, signs going, please don't be stinky. Like, it, it, Please like, wash yourself. Please yeah. respect the masses. And to be honest with you, I rarely bump into very smelly people at, like, London Comic-Con. Because I, I, I don't want to... I might be rem- like remembering this wrong, but I think I remember them handing out, like, tiny bottles of free antiperspirant. Um, so it's like, you have no excuse, really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's like, that was the whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, MAGFest was, was absolutely amazing. The venue itself, oh my god, I was not expecting it to be that beautiful. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen pictures, but yeah, even then, it's like, it does, almost doesn't do it justice. It, it's kind of like a tiny mall, almost. It, it's exactly like that, yeah, and, um, one of, uh, so somebody who I just met on the day, who is now, like, a ride-or-die bitch for life, I swear to god, um, Naoto X, aka Rachel, fucking... Yeah, oh, uh, Rachel, I... Rachel was MVP of that, uh, that weekend. MVP! So, so good. So, I'm gonna see if I can, like, <laughs> take a bunch of stories, and, cause, again, like, this is the first time I've managed to properly talk about this since I got back from MAGFest on a podcast, so of course I'm gonna gush of it. Um, yeah. so Rachel's room, our new MVP, really good friend Rachel... She had a hotel room which was overlooking the venue, and it's so gorgeous down there. There's like a there's a gazebo, um, and it's it's all inside by the way. So you know there's a gazebo, there's a a big fountain like a coloured fountain with like different lights and stuff like that, um, and all of the rooms they overlook the venue. So it's as if you have like a a square building and then you have the venue inside of it, but on the walls on the outside you have the hotel rooms looking into the venue and it's so nice with like balconies and everything so you can sit on the balcony and you can watch the concert going down in the gazebo if you so please uh which we did and especially at night when they have like all the you know lights and everything going Mm, really really pretty really pretty um the the only bad thing about that was the elevator we went into uh somebody had diarrhea shits in and uh, that was very smelly. So thanks to whoever did that, and apparently on the very first day, somebody had a big fat juicy diarrhea shit right in the pool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Magfest, yeah. baby. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of uh, first day, do we want to kind of start off from you know our first uh, days at Magfest and go from there? I mean, yeah, sure. I, I'm really. For me, it was more of a journey, more than anything, because, you know, I, I get to Heathrow, and I'm a very nervous flyer, so I kind of do this thing where I, I'm like, a, I'm a little trembly, I'm, I tremble like a leaf when I'm at airports, so I have to go to people like, hi, I'm a nervous flyer, and I'm, I, I, <laughs> customs are very, like, Ugh. and they were, the guy at customs, he was some really big, like, gruff London dude, but he was so friendly, he was like, don't worry, mate, I'll look after you, and I'm like, hey, so... <laughs> He was being really, really cool. Got on the plane. They just plane. Strap, strap you down, fill you with Xanax. I mean, oh, fuck me, I wish, dude. Uh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, so get on the plane. 
and it's delayed by about three hours. And I'd stayed up for about 24 hours before that, just so I could sleep on the plane. And I had that horrible, that horrible moment where you fall asleep on a plane for like an hour and you wake up and you're just like dripping in sweat. And it's like, oh my God, I hate, I hate existing right now. Like, everywhere but my armpits were sweating so i'm like great <laughs> so i'm just like sweating from my face my back and i'm like oh this is horrible this is horrible because it you know at that point the plane is barely you know is aircon and stuff like that it's just whatever so i'm just this is horrible and i'm i'm i'm, I'm on the window so i'm squished in at this point because obviously it's economy so i'm like Ugh. um and then finally you know get to get to america uh, catch an Uber to the hotel, and I fell for the common tourist trap, which is get an Uber to the hotel, which cost about eighty dollars, and I'm like, right, that's about half my spending money gone. Fucking, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait, how? Uh, yeah, fucking Uber from the airport to the hotel was like eighty fucking dollars because the airport is is not a way away, but it it's like on it's. It's it's far enough, so that it will cost. No, because you Sorry, were at the you were at the MGM with uh, uh, Pat and Paige, right? Yeah, I was, I was, but yeah, but, I, I yeah. had a I had a I, I I took an Uber to basically Magfest, which is pretty much the same distance as MGM, and I think it was like twenty five bucks. Um, it depends what airport you went off. What what airport did you go? Oh, to? yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh I'm forgetting. You were you were coming in from the international airport, which I is was. like half an hour away. That's yep. right, that's right, that's right. So that was a whole fun thing. Um and then I, I get to the hotel, meet with Pat and Paige, you know, it's a reunion, so I'm like, ah ha ha my friends. Um but then it's like I put my bags down and then literally they're just like, right, to Magfest we go and I'm like Oh, fuck me, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, okay. So, <laughs> have to, like, slap my face a bit and go, right, come on, come on. And at this point, I'm feeling really sick. Like, I am feeling really travel sick. Because um, on the plane, on the way there, I had really bad pressure headache. And, Ooh, yeah. yeah, and it was it was not going away no matter how hard I tried. So I was like, fuck, I can't sleep. I can't do anything right now, so I was like, oh, God. I land, and I, I'm feeling a bit better when I land, but I get in the Uber, and oh, my God. Like, the sickness I had in my stomach felt reminiscent of having the flu, and I was like, this is not good. This is not good. Like, did I catch something on the plane, I was thinking? Like, shit. I, 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 had, this, I had the same issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just no fun whatsoever. I get there, get in the Uber again to go to to mag and the sickness just comes back again i'm like fuck so eventually get into mag at this point i'm feeling rancidly sick like more sick than i've been in a long time but i'm holding it together and i was having that thing in the back of my head where i was like i'm starting to feel bad enough that i kind of want to go to a bathroom and just purge everything you know, like, fingers down the back of throat, make sure yeah. I'm empty, because I do not feel good. I don't feel right right now. And, um, it, it, it didn't get worse. And I, bless, bless their heart. They, people didn't realize this, but the, obviously since I was with Pat and Paige, when, it was, it's almost like the second they went in, they were being stopped by people. 
And yeah, I noticed, co- I noticed that the couple times I was around Penn Page and uh, Wooly and some others is like they stop for a second and like instantly they're swarmed. Oh, legitimately. Like we got in on the very first day, we walked maybe 10 feet in the buyer's hall and then we had to bounce because it was getting so busy with people. Um, so, yeah, and because I was with Pat and Page and I think people know me through Pat and Page people would then recognize me. So they'd come up and go, hi, Clems, how's it going? So I had to speak to people while holding in vomit. Just being like, I'm fine. I'm doing really... So I was like, I'm feeling a little bit sick, though. And they were like, oh, no, it's not conflict. And I'm like, no, I just travel sick. I feel really bad. And I swear to God, I've never felt relief quite like this. But my it came in waves. So at one moment, I was feeling really sick. And I was like, ugh. And then literally, it just went. And I was like... Oh my god, like the clouds had parted, you know? It was just like, oh, fuck me, this is bliss. This is bliss right now. And then it would come (laughs) back again, and I'd be like, oh, there it is again. Like, Jesus Christ, like, hold on to something, shit. And then it started to get better and better and better as the day went on, until finally, thank fuck, by the evening, it was just gone completely. And for the rest of the weekend, I was fit as a fiddle. Like again, like I was with you for most of the time, and you can you can account for the fact that I was yeah. a little fucking ball of energy, like I was I was off the walls, um, and just yeah. So thank God that I was taking my vitamin C tablets and my my hand sanit religious hand sanitizer use using. Uh, I mean, you were watching me like every single person's yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> every time you interact with someone, you whipped out your little little container. Because I'm I'm so scared of getting sick. That's oh, one yeah. thing, no, yeah. Totally um, if you get to know me a bit better, I, I'm so scared of getting sick, and especially going to cons and getting on airplanes where they're just riddled with germs. I'm like, ah! like I have to get my hands out and like, yeah! <laughs> rub my hands whenever I'm like meeting with somebody. And I made that one little bottle of hand sanitizer last me the whole weekend. It was like, talking about saving money. But yeah, so that was the first day. Um... Met with a bunch of people. It was absolutely amazing. I, I, on the first day, I was stopped by more people than I get at London Comic Con in a weekend. Um, which was absolutely crazy because I, I think like my my metrics are something like eighty percent of my audience are from America, so it does make sense. But yeah, I have the same. I have the same metrics. Yeah, but it's still crazy that that many people because like usually at a london con the usual routine is i meet with the regular group of people i meet with who are now quite good friends of mine you know they were originally a bunch of fans who went to go say hello and now we hang out every single con and they're super super cool i mean if you come to the london comic con fox you're probably going to be hanging out with them as well um they're a bunch of really really chill guys and we tend to just get a table and sit down with maybe eight ten people who come there to say hello, it would have been impossible this con because there were just so many people and it was it was blowing my mind. I, I it was like another world, you know? Like 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 an alien planet where I'm like, oh, what what is going on? This is so strange. Well, and especially in America specifically. Mm-hmm. The way I describe America, again, first time visiting the States, it's like England, but wider and wrong. <laughs> it feels like a parallel version of England. Again, like that was like... your that that was your first time. Uh, weird thing to bring up. This is your first time dealing with the whole different side of the road thing, right? 
That was weird. Yeah, like when I first touched down, I was gonna get into the cab, and I opened up the driver's seat, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, wrong side." Wait, did of the you road. try? To, did you try to like open the driver's door? Oh, I did. I opened it, <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, 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 no. The other side, other side." And I was like, "Shit." <laughs> fuck yeah and then i tried to get into the front seat because that's common you, you can get into the front seat and they were like no no the back seat and i was like what the fuck is yeah no on? ubers ubers typically keep you in the back seat y- yeah not i don't think they give a shit in the uk you can just do that like in the you know it's like whatever um so i got in the back seat and then i was just like what the fuck because ah, again i'm like i'm like feeling pretty sick and i'm like i just want to get this top this topsy-turvy nightmare world it really is it, again it's like it's like somebody's taken england they've like They've like inverted it and then just stretched it, so everybody sounds different. Like the, people are driving on the wrong side of the road. The fucking prices are all topsy turvy. Like I, I, I had a bit of a headache, so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna buy some paracetamol. You know, like why not? You yeah, know, fuck it, right? Get some paracetamol. I go to the CVS, um, and I'm like, okay, why the fuck is paracetamol eighteen dollars? Why the fuck is it $18 when in the UK you can get the exact same brand for 50p, which is like a dollar? I can I can I can feel like maybe two people in your just like retching right now after hearing that, but yeah, that's yeah, no no, that's that's what it's like in America. And to uh, actually I have to ask um mm. do you feel cuz you were in Canada, specifically Montreal uh, a few yeah. months ago? Uh, is Canada kind of like the middle ground? Did Canada kind of ease you into what America would be like a little bit? Canada was fine. Uh, Canada was surprisingly okay. It well because I went to Montreal again. It's the it's more more French, so yeah. you know like kind of a French Canadian. So it it was very wide, but things felt more homely. Yeah, like you know? that's what I mean. It would be closer to what you're used to, and then you go to America, yeah. and it's like, okay, no, absolutely nothing's the same. Well, exactly. I mean, prices were kind of fine in Canada. Like the people were kind of the same, where everybody looks kind of grouchy, and then you talk to them, and they're just like, oh, hello, you know. So it's like it's fine. Yeah, that's um, that's French Canada. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, wow, it's like I'm at home. Um, but yeah, America. I was. I I only realized it till later. I was like, why is everyone so polite in restaurants? And then I was like, ah, they want tips. Yep. 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 They only want tip. only yep. can, only North America. Yep. Uh, we we don't really tip in the UK because we pay our um our waiting staff fairly. <laughs> so yeah no yeah. a lot of a lot of americans and can, even canadians don't understand that that's not a universal thing they're like oh if you just you know if they if they're tipped then they'll work better and it's like or you just pay them a decent wage like every other country in the world but you know yeah. it's like we we still have tipping in the uk but it really is a bonus Yes, you know, it's not like yeah. a I need to live off my tips sort of exactly. deal. Exactly. That's why if you go to the UK, just be expected to get some motherfuckers who will just throw your plate down and be like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, there's your food. Bye. Like, whatever. So, yeah, like, I, I can imagine a lot of Amer- like, Americans coming to the UK and being like, this country's rude. And it's like, yeah, because we pay our people fairly so they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they say, yay, <laughs> fun. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, a. sorry if I'm fucking talking so much here, I've just got so much mag to talk oh, about. Oh no, it's, yeah, it's totally understandable, I talked like my I... friends year off about the whole experience, so like, I get that feeling of like, oh my god, so much happened. It's like, I fucking invite this guest on, and I'm just like, hi, here's my experience, and I'm gonna let you have like, your whole fucking 
con time in just a little bit. I just need to like finish up just with just with how yeah. It's not that America feels alien. Um, it's it's just. It, it's funny because the only version of America that I've ever known were through my friends and Hollywood. So when you actually go to America and you're like, it's not as crazy as Hollywood paints it to be. It's it's fine. Like everyone's really nice and friendly and sweet, and you know, it, it, you just expect like dumb shit to be going. Like I don't know. It's the kind of thing where you expect to be. You, you're walking down the street and you see some people just like arguing and fighting on the side of a road because that's how you just see it in <laughs> movies. And it's like, nah, everything's just kind of chill, really. Um, the people. I, I chill, saw no. You know? I saw absolutely no explosions the entire weekend. I oh, was kind of yeah. disappointed. I even fucking got my like get shot tags and and nothing <laughs> nothing happened. So I didn't even need that. So you know, happy days. I didn't get shot. I didn't even see one gun. I I couldn't believe it. I was so disappointed. Just yeah, no, just America falling apart, just not living oh, up to the standards. I oh, can't stand it right now. Not a single gun in my America. What is the world coming to? Can't believe it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's my first day, but I guess we'll go into a little bit more detail in a bit. This really is going to be like mag. mag we're just going to call this one Magfest of the podcast. <laughs> so that's pretty much going to be it. Um, and you're so, going to have like the DK musical guy liking it. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So we're going to get into that. Um, and it, it it wouldn't even surprise me at this point if the if the guy is listening right now. So hello, <laughs> if you're listening, hi. Nice to have you here. Welcome to Coffee with Clancy. <laughs> So, please, explain how your initial MAGFest adventure went. Uh, so, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to stop Clemps' story basically on you walking in at, like, 10 p.m. when we walked into each other. Yes. Um, so, rewinding back to my start, um, I put out that near part two video the day before I left for MAGFest. Yeah, or actually you, the day of mm-hmm. leaving for MAGFest. You got that out I had just a flight in time. At I had a flight at midnight. I uploaded that video at like one o'clock or so. And I stayed up a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go lie down for a little bit, get up around nine o'clock so I can shower and get ready to go to the airport. Sure. And for the fucking life of me, I could not fall asleep. I just absolutely could not fall asleep. I think it was partially just like, oh, I got to be on a flight. And like, I I think I was just generally excited just to go to MAGFest. So it was kind of partially that was keeping me up. Sure. And... So I got into the plane. I'm fucking dead tired. I got barely any sleep because unlike Clems, who had like a straight flight, I had like three connecting flights. So I had to go from Calgary to Toronto, Toronto to New York, New York to Washington. So I couldn't get like a just I'm going to sit here for four hours and sleep. So I got like a few little sporadic naps, basically. Mm. And uh, like Clems, I was just getting that like travel flu of just like, oh, my God, I'm just dying in my Mm -hmm. seat right now. But I arrive at MAGFest around, like, noonish. drop my bags off. Uh, but unfortunately, the place I was staying at for the night, uh, just for that one night, uh, the person who had the room wasn't going to be there till about 6. Oh, so no. I actually couldn't go up to my room. I could just leave my bags at the front, basically. Oh. And I was just like, all I want is just to lie down. Uh-huh. But I couldn't. <laughs> so I go into MAGFest for a little bit. Um meet up with iPatch Wolf for a very brief moment. They were dealing with the same thing where they're like, I just want, we just want to go lie down. I was like, okay, you guys go do that. Um, and then I basically just killed time until, uh, my friend, uh, space lion got there and, uh, I could check into the room. So I meet them up in the room and it's like, okay, you guys go do your thing. I'm going to just like pass out for a couple hours. Mm. So I do 
They get back into the room around like eight o'clock ish. I wake up because just I couldn't get back to sleep again. Yeah. And I'm still just like running on fumes at this point. And uh, I talked to them for a little bit, and then it's like, okay, let's go back to the con. Uh, they wanted to go check some things out, namely the merch hall. So we go to the merch hall, buy a few things, and that's another couple hours. And they're like, oh, well, we're gonna go to this concert. Uh, the David Weiss cut man and someone else was going and it was just going to be this big concert thing because uh, Magfest has like, you know, regular concerts throughout the weekend. Yeah. Well, and I was the, just like, you know what, yeah, guys? Yeah, I see. Yeah. Sorry for people who don't know. Mag stands for music and gaming. So hence why there's yeah. like a bunch of both kind of being spliced in. Yeah, it's it's like a big basically nerd conventions mixed with rock concerts and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to the you know hotel. I'm really fucking tired. I'm still jet lagged. I just can't do a concert right now. And I was like, oh, you guys hand me your stuff. Like, I'll, I'll bring your stuff back to the hotel. Because we were staying like across the street from the convention center. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you guys do go do your thing. I'll meet you back at the room. And I, I'm literally walking towards the doors out of the convention hall. And out of the corner of my eye, and you brought this up when you were talking about it, is everybody notices you because uh, they'll they'll see Pat or Paige, and they'll be like, "Oh, yes. Hunts must be nearby." So I see I see Paige, and I was like, "Oh, there's Paige," and I was like, "I wonder if Clems is nearby." And then you kind of like <laughs> slink into the through the doors right behind her, and I was like, "Oh, there's Clems." <laughs> <laughs> Little rat tail, funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, just like I was saying with the uh, eye patch, I was like, nobody knew what I look like. Literally, like, only one oh, person God, I yeah. knew at the con knew what I look like. So I went up to Clamps. I was like, oh, hey, Clamps, how's it going? And you were just like, oh, hey. I I imagine you just thought I was, like, a fan. Oh, I did. Just coming up to approach you. Yeah, absolutely, I did. <laughs> and it was so funny seeing people's, like, the, the dynamic shift. Because I noticed it with you, I noticed it with John, and I think I noticed it a little bit with Pat, where it goes from, like oh fan hey how's it going to oh i know you you know peer hey how's it going da, excuse da, da. me i'll have you know that i was extremely polite to all the people i said you were extremely to. polite but it, but i do there mm-hmm. be, being the person <laughs> on the other side i do notice like a little bit of a shift well no it's true because like i know you so it's yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. Where it's like, as soon as i figure out i'm like oh okay fuck me fox k to go hey buddy do you know what i mean it's like hey because obviously when you first meet with people you have to go through this it's, it's what i like to call i guess that we're going through airports you have to go through customs with them you know yes. you have to okay so they go hi how are you and then you kind of have to gauge right are we going in for a hug how are they are they are they an anxious person your person should i should i be a bit more slow and all that stuff um, and you have to go through all of these, like, measures to make sure that the person you're speaking to is as comfortable as possible. As soon as I figure out that, right, they know me, then I'm right, right, okay, and then I'm just like, wah! <laughs> just like, like, fucking Rock Lee taking off his fucking weights, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, so I, I went up to you and I was like, oh, you know, hey, you know, I'm Fox, and you go... And then just, like, the face of realization of, oh, okay, yeah, and then, you know, come in for a hug, da-da-da. Yeah. So we quickly chat for a little bit, and then either you or Paige were like, oh, we're actually going to the Undertale musical upstairs, do you want to come? <laughs> and I was like, honestly, like, I think I just, like, stared out into space for a second of, like, oh, I'm dead tired, but also that sounds fucking amazing. 
And I'm just like looking at my friend's stuff in my okay, hand that what? I said I was gonna take to the to, to the room, and I was just like, you know what, fuck it, sure. So we go, yeah, we go upstairs. And Why did you think I... it was gonna be amazing? Like, what did you think you were gonna be in for when you saw it? Honestly, I don't even know. I just like heard the words Undertale musical, and I was like, that could be anything, and even that potentially sounds like it could be great. <laughs> Now, of course, we, you know, I was tagging along because, you know, Paige is horny for skeletons, yeah. which is valid, you know. I'm, I'm not going to kink shame. It's not going to be horny over skeletons. It's fine. I can There's see a the skeleton appeal. under all of us. Exactly. And you know what? I find people attractive. Therefore, their skeletons are also attractive too. So, hey-ho, there we go. But yeah, so Paige was like, mm, papyrus. Nom, 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 nom. And we were just, we were just there for the ride. Yeah. Really. And oh my god. Again, the people who do this whole thing, they've commented, they've replied on my tweets and stuff like that. God bless their little hearts for doing what they do, for bringing this entertainment to us. But also, God bless them for giving us one of the most unintentionally hilarious evenings on two separate occasions. Two separate occasions. there was me, so we go up, and I think it started at like midnight. So we were we were in line for a little bit, and we were just standing around. And Paige was, I think, talking to um, uh, Justin and a few other people uh, that came up with us. And then me, you, and Rachel were just kind of standing around with each other and just kind of yeah, like talking. Yeah. And then the papyrus comes in to entertain the lineup as that we're waiting. Guy, now this is the thing we said afterwards that that guy was giving it 200%. He was like, yeah, he mm, was committed to he, the bit. He was in character the whole way through and it's the kind of thing where it's like you know what I I did theater for 2 years. I get how nerve-wracking that shit has got to be where you know that your performance isn't going to be for everyone. You know that people are going to look at you like, what the fuck is he doing, you know? But at the end of the day, that's theatre, baby. You know, that's theatre. You, you, gotta, you gotta act like a clown sometimes. And this guy was doing it, he was doing his best. God bless him. God bless his heart. Wherever you are that... right now, my friend, he's going to part the clouds like the fucking, like fucking God and Monty Python. <laughs> there he is hello my friend but yeah um but, but him coming hmm. around me and you look at each other and i think you were like from five or from like fun to cringe where do you <laughs> land on this and i was like honestly seeing that i i honestly could see it going either way and That's once we finally thing, sat yeah. down and it started me and you just kind of kept looking at each other and we kind of kept giving each other like the scales of well, just like uh this is kind of going either or well, what what happened was Papyrus came out, he did his bit, and I was hearing the fake British accent, and the thing is is that when you hear a fake British accent being a British person, automatically that's cringe. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you're from Canada and someone tries to do a fake Canadian accent, you're like, something's not right here. You know, so automatically I'm like, that's going to be his voice throughout the whole thing, isn't it? Admittedly, not a bad accent, but... It's the, this is gonna sound weird, but you know you have like a preset for what you think the characters sound like in your head. Never once has Papyrus sounded British to me. Yeah, same. That's why I thought I was like, this is an interesting approach, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> so, nobody else had a has it had an accent like that. And I re- I just remember he came out, and I I had this moment where I just turned to you, and it's like 
the realization was kind of dawning on us where it's like that's this is what we're gonna have to this is what it's gonna be for the next hour well because they, tr- they tricked us a little bit at the start because they also they had a projector did. they they had a projector and it starts because we're just waiting around and papyrus is like oh you know it, you know the show starts now da, da, da. which is fine and, yeah and on the projector uh starts playing a little animation of the little the little kind of basic monsters that you encounter in undertale and they're singing a little song and it's, and it's fine. like and me and you it's are just fine. like kind of we're kind of looking at each other it's like this is kind of just mediocre like this I, yeah, isn't really yeah. like super good or super well, yeah, bad it's, it's the kind like, of thing okay. where I, you can sit down and you can watch it and you go you know what fans made this it's fine it's fine yeah. you know like i i've done i've i've wrote worst songs in my lifetime you know i mean fuck back in musical theater back when i was doing performing arts i wrote some horrendous songs that one would have got a distinction my friends it was absolutely yeah. serviceable fine you know so we were kind of sat there and it was like okay you know my my my, my hand was was on my chin i was like all right let's see the rest of the slides oh how we were wrong Oh, they faked us so hard. They faked us out so hard with that because there's almost no- uh, until the very, very end. There's nothing that they use the projector for, and then oh, actually no, they do a little bit, and then their flowy comes out. Bless and, oh, his my fucking god. heart. Oh my god. This is one of the guys who, again, bless him, actually reached out and commented to me on Twitter. I'm so sorry, buddy, but we have to give our honest review. It's this is how this is how we were feeling when we were watching it. I hate it because I feel mean, but at the same time, I don't hold any ill feelings towards these people. Bless them, they did their best, and I'm sure you feel the same. Oh yeah. I think we said it we looked at each other and we're like, you know what? God bless them for trying. God, God bless bl- them yeah, for God. that. But he came out and my body went rigid. Like, my body went rigid. And I think you know, because I sunk down into my seat and Rachel was next to me. And and by that point, Rachel, you know, Rachel, was, I just met Rachel. And, you know, me and we've been talking and it was the real bonding moment where we had where Rachel was reacting the exact same as me, where Rachel went rigid in her seat. And we were just like, oh, no. <laughs> and and he came out and he was doing some thing. I don't think he was he was doing it at this point, but he had his mic out and he was, you know, just he was being like, hey, kid, but you know talking to the most socially awkward frisk again bless their fucking heart it felt like a friend who they asked to do it for a favor yeah but yeah uh, it honestly, seemed like they did not want to be there the yes i i think i looked at you and i was like on is it an acting choice that the frisk looks like they're really uncomfortable being on stage because <laughs> if well, the that is, is they, they're they, really they selling gave, it yeah they gave them um no they clearly had no direction on stage as to what they should be doing so frisk was just on stage i wish i could show it to you guys they were just doing like you know like it's like one fist is going up one fist is going down kind of dance yeah 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 i know yeah i know and like kind of kind of shaking their hips without looking into the audience you can tell when somebody is awkward as an actor where they do not look at the audience they are looking solely at the people they're comfortable with which are the people they're acting beside 
The, unless, the best, unless the, I think everybody had it. that one person in high school that was like a little bit shorter, very petite, and like very socially kind of withdrawn. That's yeah. who that person was up on stage. Like, and again, I looked like, at them um, and I was like, yeah. I know that person in high school. I and, know but the that thing specific is, person. I felt the way that person felt. Yeah, you, know? and you that, could feel it. Oh, and that's why I was like that. And it made me go even more rigid. And I'm like, what is going on? And then the next twist of the musical came where the songs came on. And for whatever <laughs> reason that I cannot explain and guys if if you're actually if you are part of the musical and you can explain this to us please do because we were we were having like hot debates about this the entire evening about why it was mimed it everything was being mimed so there was so first of all they they played it through the stereo and it peaked for mike so the mic, you know, it, it, think about it like this. You you sometimes hear a mic where it goes like, and it like, it does that thing where it, it kind of peaks it and then the audio goes right down to the floor again where it's really quiet. That's what it was like. And for some reason, they, they left their mics on, first of all. So you could tell that because the mics were reacting, you know, and... It, well, no, because with oh, every sorry, no. with every single song, they would you know they would start with like the dialogue, and then the music would kick in, and they'd have their mic in their hand. You're right. And yeah. then as soon as they'd start singing, they'd have to put the mic down. That's right. And every that's single right. time they dropped it, and it would cause that like the sound when you hear a mic drop. You've got to put it down <laughs> very gently, like very. But no, it was like you put it down, and it, like all I was like, boom, 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 like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, in the middle um, of this song playing. <laughs> Yeah, and and it, it kept going like that, and you know, I I I I can't call the lyrics particularly mind blowing, and the songs themselves. What what got me was just the there's a specific type of mime that a person does when they <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to explain. So there's a mime that somebody does when you're on stage. Where if you're singing, you don't really body act that much because you're focusing unless you're like specifically directed to you know you're using your arms da 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 da. da. But if you're just singing something and you're meant to be point, you, you act much differently because you know you have to juggle two things: your voice and your physicalization. If you're miming, it is all physical. Yeah, so, they they were doing they were doing the Power Rangers type of body language. It was yeah, it was very over exaggerated to the point where like one hand movement was like the sun in the sky and it was like all over and it was like wow and they're, they're really going for it and you're like damn son and 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 then Sans comes out and he's got all his hair and automatically I'm like bitch get a fucking wig cap. Get a wig yeah, cap. Yeah, that, Great that voice. was really distracting. They had like yeah. um a, a bigger like Sans was like taller than everyone by like a foot. <laughs> mm, but I will say, uh, credit where credit is due. Great voice. Oh yeah, he did have great voice. It was just like great, yeah, uh, like you were saying, it was distracting having like his like um, hair just like falling over his like face paint and whatnot. It's just like yeah, you maybe should have well, gotten it, like it, a ball you know what cap it, or something. You know what it reminded me of? You know what it reminded me of? Have you seen what? that video of the guy going, "I'm the Joker, baby." <laughs> 
Oh, it yeah. It reminded the, me yeah, of that it, motherfucker. It very much was that. <laughs> oh, my God. It reminded me of that guy. I'm the Joker, baby. That's what he looked like. And I was like, what the fuck? And, and he came out. Again, great voice. Bless him. And and it, it ended. Again, this is why I feel mean. Because I, you know, like, they, I, guys, please, if you do this again, do not. Please do it again. Because I swear <laughs> to God, it was entertaining end of the day. And we will fucking go there and I will tell people to come to your fucking show legitimately i will go guys we're having a meetup we're gonna watch this show and and standing evasions all around because it was entertaining end of the day and it, it just damn but it was the ending and it was the delta rune thing and the thing which with the delta rune song did wrong was the mixing the mixing was fucked it was like everything well- was overlapping each other and Clamps, you, you, we, you, you kind of like dance. You kind of like skipped over a bunch of details. Oh, <laughs> of why oh, this God. is amazing. Well, do you know why I'm skipping over it a bit? Okay, this is an hour and a half podcast, and we've just hit an hour. Okay, uh, let me just go over <laughs> some key details just so people please, get a, please. a better, a better visual. So, the Flowey, he was in his, he was in his green bodysuit. He had the yellow leaves, the yellow leaves around his face. But where there was the cutout, there was another flowey sitting in the in the audience that looked much better. And this happened yeah, in, yeah. in their other musical too, uh, where they had like the proper face. But their flowey just had like their the the guy's face just poking out and his big red beard poking out the front. Yeah, you see this. This is and it was is... really distracting. I've got okay. So if if I have to like a legitimate review for this is put more effort into your costumes. 100%. Papyrus was the best out of it. No, no, sorry. Um, Toriel. Toriel, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Toriel did amazing. Her costume was so good. Everybody needs to meet that kind of standard if you're going to be doing a panel at MAGFest. Like, it, yeah. it seemed way too amateur when Flowey was wearing a green jumpsuit and little, like, barely even anything on his head. And then he reused it again for the DK musical for King K. Rule. And I'm just yeah. like, you could, mm. <laughs> more effort needs to be put into the costumes. Uh, do not mime. The DK musical, which I'm actually going to save for another podcast, because Lucy is going to be coming okay. on the podcast next. And me and Lucy, I think as a lot of people who were with us know, liked the DK musical a whole bunch. <laughs> oh, I I had fun. I Oh, I, yeah. I I I told you this, I fell out of my chair. Yeah, now now I will say this. The DK musical guys was 200% worth going to. It was Yeah. It was amazing. And I say that unironically and it cuz they got a standing ovation. Because oh, yeah. uh, well, ovation even. Yeah, because it was just it it was it was like everything that could go wrong, but they dealt with it so well that it was funny. It was oh, funny, it was and and they, and they were singing. They were actually singing this time. So I was like, okay, good. You're actually singing this time. Fuck yeah. Um, it well, was and- more it was more comical because in my, in my opinion, Donkey Kong is funnier than Undertale when you do a musical. Yeah, in the in the absurd premise of doing a musical because. Undertale already has like a musical element to it, and that was the other yeah. thing that um they they kind of messed up with. I don't know if it was intentional or not. 
is um so they had a song for once flowey came out he did his little like live or die you know this is the nature yeah. of people blah 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 and he, he destroyed a guitar partway through that's right and then there is a there they had like another song at some point and then they had the toriel one which goes with her fight. Yeah. Not just just so people understand. I don't. I don't think I could be wrong. I'd have to re-listen to the music. None of the music remixed any of Toby Fox's tracks. That's what no. I was thinking was going to happen. Absolutely not. They made their own music, a hundred percent. Which like, is fine. God bless yeah. them. Yeah. But so they do Toriel's, and partway through, they did what I thought would have been an interesting thing: is they asked the audience, "Okay, Killer oh, Mercy." Oh yeah, this bit took the piss a bit. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Papyrus is up at the front, like, which do you want? And me and Clems are just like, oh my god, we want to (laughs) die. And the the audience picks Mercy, so they do the... And I was like, oh, are they going to do, like, two versions of each song? Because that would actually be impressive. Mm -hmm. So they finish Toriel's, they go into uh, where they meet Papyrus and Sans, then they go into the Papyrus dating part, and it's like, okay, I guess they're doing a lot. And I'm, like, looking at Clemson. I'm like, there's guaranteed at least, like, five more fucking songs if my yeah. math's right. And partway through the Sand song, or the Papyrus dating song, there's a fucking conga line. That's right. Yeah, the fucking, the <laughs> conga line was, was definitely not well thought out. Because, uh... because the music was, it, so already the, the, whatever they were playing it on the music that we, they were miming to was it was less loud than the audience who were having a gay old time in the in the conga line because everyone was drunk yeah so everyone's yeah. walking around being like ah, like screaming in the conga line and papyrus bless his fucking heart was up there doing his whole act about spaghetti and whatnot and and nobody's paying attention to him because everyone's in the conga line. You need to make sure that people are seated before you continue on with your song. <laughs> and that is difficult because, you know, the, the, st- the stereo's only got so much before you have to come back on and do your song again. Um, so, yeah, this is why miming is not the best idea when you've got live interaction bits with the audience. The Undertale one was bust. I'm going to be real. Yeah. But it was it was, it was was a very good discussion afterwards. Oh, yeah, um, we, were, so we were having I'm, fun I'm, at yeah, the end. So, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this. Is that the Undertale one? In my opinion, it was. It needs so much work for it to be watchable again. With with and actually have me back in my seat. You well, know the what last I mean? the last detail is it wasn't finished. <laughs> well, no, and but the thing which pissed me off a bit, like actually kind of annoyed me, is that the whole advertising point was it's a choose your adventure musical, and I'm like. Okay, that's interesting. So, you know, you make a choice like kill or spare. Like an Undertale. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Cool. You get that with Toriel, and they never do it again. And at the very end, they go, haha, you, you thought it was a choose your own musical. Well, guess what? Your choices don't matter. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, I the, came, the... yeah, like I came here with the pretense this was going to be a choose your own musical. We didn't get that. I'm like, what the fuck? And again, this is why I'm so happy that the DK musical redeemed everything. The DK musical, I swear to fucking God, such a shame that next year's DK musical won't... <laughs> won't be won't the same. Do... Yeah, it, it won't... So again, I, I'm giving you like like a prelude to what's going to happen, audience, but at least the uh, it, they probably won't end up destroying the set again. 
which I'm so <laughs> upset about because that was so funny. Um, but yeah, the the Undertale musical. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a few things here. It's like right. Number one, God bless them for trying. Number two, the fact that they you know they're, they're doing songs which were you know which were written by you know there was some creativity there. Good, cool, awesome. Being able to get up on stage, act in front of a lot of drunk people, that takes a lot of bravery. Costumes need so much more work. They they need to they need to pop more. There needs to be like a bit more work put into them. Do not mime. Don't don't do that. Uh unless there were some really big technical difficulties going through with that. Um are there any like crit- criticisms that you would drop, Fox? Uh, outside of that, those like yeah, finish finish up the musical because I was actually a little disappointed when they were like, it, it it got to the end of the papyrus song and then it's like, oh okay, that's it. Here's a little oh, yeah. sneak peek with our Delta Ruin bit, and it was like, okay, that was kind of felt like it just went nowhere. And well, that's like, one oh, thing, okay. yeah, is that but um, fucking... I will say, mm. and I think you'll agree with me on this. Is after at the end of it when they're like, okay, we're gonna do our Q and A, and we all were like, okay, let's fucking bolt. We looked at each other at the end when they said, um, we're gonna have another musical uh, on Saturday night at midnight, same time. We looked at each other and we're like, we gotta go to that. Like we oh, yeah. absolutely have to go to that. So they did something right. They did something right that we looked at each other and we're like, let's go again. I completely agree. Um, that th- there is an art. To, to that kind of stuff and it it i don't like cringe that much oh looking at you looking at you self-implode the entire time was half the reason why I well found it so entertaining. here's the thing is that I, I it sounds like i'm bashing on them a lot but a lot of it comes from self it, it comes from a lot of like experience that i've had where i relate to them on stage where i've had to do musicals that i've wrote myself I've had to do costumes and stuff like that, and they've bombed to audiences. And I've stood there on stage knowing that I'm bombing, but I cannot run off stage and hide. So watching them do that, I was in their fucking shoes. And I was like, rigid. I was, it was, it was painful. It was unbearable because they put me back into my college days where I was like, (laughs) fuck, shit. It was it was it was painful, but again, the DK musical, they got a standing evasion, it was it was the best. It was so good, and oh my god, just yeah Fuck man, the 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 Undertale musical, uh, if it plays again next Magfest, I I will give you guys another shot. I want to see better costumes, I wanna see you singing your songs, and you know what? G- give me more choices. Give me give me some more choices. That'll be gonna be pretty good. Um, and yeah, yeah, just, uh, maybe some lighting? Ooh. Well, no, no, they can't, <laughs> because the room they were in, uh, I don't think they had any proper lighting. No, they so, didn't. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. did. But, you know, they, again, they tried their best. Fucking Toriel looked fantastic. Uh, good voice as well. Sans did a great job with his voice. Super, super. Papyrus was, uh, was an actor. First of all, he was an actor. And Flowey, <laughs> God bless his heart, he gave it his fucking all on stage. Oh, and yeah. that port, yeah. and that uh, port, you know uh, what, and and Frisk. Yeah, to, we, to wrap, we stand to wrap that part of the discussion, like they they tried, and that's all we can ask of them. Well, exactly. That's the thing. Is that again, we are not hating right now. We are not, despite the fact that yeah, it was pretty cringy. We also respect the fact that you did it. 
Like, that's something that I, I have to put, at least, I don't know, I don't know about you, Fox, but that's at least with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, look, they they tried their best, and that's all we can ask for. But yeah, so that was uh, that was the very first time that me and Fox ever met. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wrap that up. That was, Keep in that mind. Was me and Clems, that was me and Clems' first, like, hangout was watching the Undertale musical. And and what what a first meet. What a first meet, I've got to say. Goodness me. So I think now that, so what I'm probably going to do is I feel like there are going to be more Megfest adventures in the next podcast, which is going to be with, um, with Lucy, Greatest Jubilee, really talented, uh, Drakengard and Nier fan artist, a uh, bit of Fire Emblem as well. Very, very funny. Um, so I'm going to do some questions now, Fox. Is that okay? That's absolutely fine. Excellent. Uh, so from at Fool Dogs, otherwise, uh, known as Neve. How uh, how would you like to see the future of DMC games pan out? What characters, scenarios, themes explored? And why does none of it involve Dante? Thank you, <laughs> Loveheart. So I, I, I know Neve. I know she isn't. Uh, she's gotten tired of uh, the whole Dante thing. And mm. I kind of understand it. Uh, I have a slightly controversial take when it comes to future Devil May Cry games. And that I agree with her. Um we can kind of do away with, away with Dante. Uh, a lot of people cringe when they get hear that. They get really upset. They're like, how can you have a Devil May Cry without Dante? And I, I get where that mentality comes from. Because uh, I love Dante. I'm not saying this is like, a, oh, fuck this character. Get him out. But I think there's just more opportunities to explore other characters. I mean, Nero's right there. Um, they introduce Nico. There's potential there. And honestly, just introduce more characters from the world. Like, that's there's an entire world of this unexplored. Personally, um, I've been saying it forever. I would love a Metal Gear Solid 3 kind of exploration of Sparta in a prequel game. That'd be interesting. And I, I think that would make a really good thematic thing of we've never played as a full-fledged demon. We've only mm. ever played as half-demons or created demons in the sense of like trisha and uh, lucia yeah so it would be really cool to explore one that's like a fully fledged demon and him finding justice and him going like you know what this isn't right like we should protect humans not you know f kill them all yeah so i think there is potential there i've also seen a lot of people say oh no like you could ruin the mystery of sparta and, da, da, da. and i'm like i i don't know what there is to ruin there um, I think there's I, only potential there yeah. to me. See, I, I've I've always had like a this ever since Devil May Cry Four with Credo, I would love to have like a an actual Dante's Inferno game with Credo escaping hell. Oh, that that's uh, that's something. I, yeah, I could, exactly. See, like that's that. that's kind of yeah. So like we could literally have like all of the layers of hell with credo like fucking fighting his way out to stop that Cre bastard. credo was such a such a missed opportunity in that game oh yeah he sure what that's what i mean so like again it's like it could be like credo being like nero you can't come in my sister and you have to get out just, <laughs> to stop that nasty demon seed from ever escaping his demonic balls so i think that'd be really fun um because again like he has such an interesting design and you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to explore him a little bit more, or if not, at least do something with one character descending into Dante's Inferno and one character ascending. You know, just kind of e one going either way. 
I think would yeah. be pretty cool. Well, um, and it's it's so more yeah. related to the reboot, but I also wouldn't mind exploring like, okay, we have demons. What about angelic beings? Because that's well, another see, big giant missed opportunity, in my opinion. That to me has been sated with Bayonetta, really. Fair. Like that's I know it's fair. not the same universe, but I'm also like, yeah, but Bayonetta kind of tackles the whole angel thing, although. Um, I would like to see Bayonetta 3 have a lot more, because, uh, I mean, we've already had the Lumen Sage, you know, as a playable character. I want to see more angelic shit yeah. in Bayonetta. Because, yeah. um, I mean, fucking Bayonetta is half angel. And I know it's, it's super stereotype at this point, but, you know, I want to see Bayonetta summon some fucking angels and then punch them back into heaven again after she's finished with them, you know? Like, I want to see that. I want to see some weird-ass shit. And I, don't, I know she's a witch and shit, but, you know, she has... You know, she's got fucking Father Boulder in her. Yeah. In, in the least creepy way possible. But, you know, she's got a, <laughs> bit, got a bit of Boulder. So l- l- give us some of that. I want to see Bayonetta in a full peacock dress. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. That'd be dope. That'd be super cool. Um, But no, I, 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 I think I, I, I'm with you. I just... I, I I like Dante, and I'm sure you know what. Give us a Credo and Dante game. Give us that. Yeah, yeah, fucking Credo. He needs some more. Needs some more love, or at least just one new female character who isn't Lady or Trish. Um, yeah, I, I've always explore, said explore, like, explore the female characters too. Well, I bring back the DMC two lady and put her in a good game. That's what I yeah. said. Yeah, like actually give her a good game where she's redeemed. You know, like fuck me. Um. Because her design, mwah, perfect. Her design is perfect. I love her design. Amazing, 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 amazing. Her devil triggers, oh, amazing. So good. And she's in DMC 2, and it's like, oof. Yeah, uh, and, and, and like, she's re- DMC 2 is relegated to, like, the prequel book for DMC 5. Like, they don't even get, like, a shout-out at any degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fucking uh, anime gets a bigger shout-out. Yeah. Which, which says a lot. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's that's that for that question. But we we've got a lot of questions here asking you a very a, a question which made you roll <laughs> your eyes at Magfest, and we got a few of them. So um, if you answer if you asked it, you you've been validated. Um, are you a furry? What is with the fox avatar? So honestly, I just needed an avatar for the channel. Um, it it literally just came down to that, and I just thought like, oh, foxes are cool. I'll go with that. And then I wasn't thinking. And then once the channel started to blow up, it was like I started getting more and more comments being like, are you a furry? Fucking furry. Oh, these fucking furry channels with their fucking video essays. And I was like, "Ah." yeah, yeah. It's literally just an avatar, guys. Like, I don't know why this is different from like other people that have their rant sonas. Like, I don't know how this is different other than it's an animal, but okay. And this isn't me knocking the furry community either, because uh, I've had a lot of, you know, people that are furries ask me this. And I always try to specify, it's like, I'm not saying I'm not just because, like, fuck you guys. It's just, yeah. I'm not. Well, but, the thing you know, is, I, I know a lot of furries that are, like, fucking cool-ass people, so, you know, yeah. I have nothing against the community. I guess the embarrassing thing is that there are now so many furry characters who I would fuck, but I'm just like, I feel like I can't even <laughs> not call myself furry at this point. It's, just, it's gone you're, to the point uh, where it's you're, like, like... You're furry hmm. curious? Fur curious, oh my god. Fucking like Lola Bunny, like Fran. I, I think Lola Bunny is like such a gimme because everybody had that. 
Well, that's the thing is that if you want to fuck Lola Bunny, it means you're a fairy. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. And a lot of people do, and they say they're not furry. So it's like, what is the cutting point of there? See, for me, I always thought that furry meant you have you have a fasona. Which is kind of ironic, because I guess I now kind of do, which is a fucking rat. Yeah, you got your little rat, rat with it. But then gin. I still I still don't call myself a furry, because I don't, I don't think that I am an animal. You know, like... Yeah, I, that's I, the I other think thing, that's, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm a fucking human being. I just like rats, they're cute. And I think if Lola Bonnie was real... Uh, she'd get my tiny little penis. <laughs> so you know, um, yeah, like fucking Freya from Final Fantasy Nine. Like whatever, fucking Fran doesn't really count. Oh, yo, that fucking Captain from Treasure Planet. Oh Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. Like Amelia or something like that. Ooh. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mamma Mia, she's like Jane but with cat ears. It's like whoa, whoa. She's beautiful. I'd in a heartbeat. <laughs> no doubt uh, you I, know think you're, I think yeah. you're outing yourself more than i was gonna be with that question well fuck it man is the thing look i'm fucking taking the i'm taking it for the team here that's the thing but look are you gonna deny with me right now that if that fucking captain from treasure planet came up to you and hello there my friends go back for a fuck would you deny it uh mm. Mm, uh, mm. Mm. <laughs> be honest now come uh, on I, I wouldn't deny that ah you fucking furry <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So, on that note, basically, you aren't furry. It's just the Avatar. It's just the Avatar. Well, there we go. Fuck yeah. Uh, we got a question here from at... Uh, I guess we we can answer this really quickly. From K Cosma 2020 Will you and Foxcade ever do a video collab in the future? We kind of have. Kind of. Well, we we've had you've been in a couple of my videos in little small little ways, but I think they're asking in more a big video. Yes, collab. like we're, what you did with like butter buns, and where it's like a full on like we, you know we sit down and we you know work out a script yeah. together, and not just like a hey Clems record this line for me, like fucking get it done. Sure, <laughs> it it in, well that's the thing is that I feel like it would entirely depend on the game, and that's where the difficulty yeah. comes in. It really is where the difficulty comes in. Like, what game are we both insanely passionate about that, you know, that we can tackle together? It's I mean, hard. it, like, it kind of relates to another question. I don't know if it would be like outing it. Uh, you have that uh, Yakuza game review that's sitting there. Well, yeah, we have a question uh, actually here from at I'm on the edge of uh, M1. And they say, how is that Yakuza review going? Looking forward to your take on the game, which, again, I can answer. Um, on a, I got nervous with it. I got really nervous about the Yakuza video because I didn't want people to think I was just jumping in it for, like, what's the word? Like, just jumping in it because, like, a new Yakuza game was coming out or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're only jumping in because it's a hot, hot topic right now. Yeah, like, I, I mean, when has Yakuza ever been, like, a hot topic is my question. Uh, I feel like if I was to do a Yakuza video, it it would do about as well as my other videos. It wouldn't explode or whatever. Like, the Yakuza series isn't exactly the most popular series of all time. It's, no, it's, it has it's, it's a audience. very, it's a fairly niche uh, game yeah. series already. I, I, well, literally, it's just like, I'm just nervous about the video, honestly. Um, I think the script is okay, but I feel like it's a bit outdated now, and I need to do some revisions on it, but... 
You know what? If I if I give you the entire script, Fox, and you just look through it, if you find bits you want to tweak and just send back to me, and we can fucking do that as a collab, honestly. Yeah, because I'm in your same spot of, like, the Yakuza games are, like, a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a while, and I did a video about um, uh, Judgment, the little kind of mm. side game they have, and yeah. that's almost a perfect example. That video did okay but it definitely mm -hmm. didn't do to the standard of my usual videos and it's because it's a side game of an already niche series so it's yeah. like yeah but i i've looked at the yakuza games i'm like these are really interesting there's a lot of really cool stuff about them that i really like but it's just more oh, yeah. like finding the opportunity to talk about it do i want to talk about the entire series because then i'd have to go through like mm. fucking six games well, the thing is, I, I played Yakuza 1, and I absolutely fucking loved it. I didn't play Kiwami, either. I played the original PS2 version, and it was... Oh, yeah. It was like one of those game series that you discover, and you're like, I wish I could have known about this all my life. Yeah, I had the same so feeling. It was so good. Yeah, it was the music, like, the story, everything was... I was like, wow, this is so good. And it, it does make me a bit sad now, but if I make a video on it and I praise it, people are going to be like, ah, fucking bootlicking the franchise. And it's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, you know at, I mean? at the like, end of the day, you're always going to have someone coming into the comments being like snide and shitty for one reason or the other. Oh, uh, sure, sure. So, yeah. and that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, there's, oh, what's the term that I, I've been hearing lately? It's like second secondary fans or something like that oh well that is funny i've known about that for a long time because i've been part of a toho franchise for a oh, long time yeah. and and dirty secondaries is like a really common uh, slur to cool people who are just into like the music and stuff like that because uh, you you can only be like a proper toho fan if you play the games if you like the music and the fan art you're a dirty secondary i mean are you even a near fan if you haven't read all the short stories and read all the watched all the drama cds listen to all the drama cds and watch the what? plays are you even are you even a near fan do, do you even like the series if you've only played the games what constitutes as a fan nowadays man <laughs> that's the thing what fucking constitutes as a fan anymore it's like what, what how much research do you have to do into something like people have jobs man <laughs> can yeah. we not just like yeah it's like can we not just call ourselves a casual fan and be done with it like wh why I, I guess i always get i very confused with when people try to say you know they're like oh i wish so-and-so didn't do a video on this franchise because it means that like normies are going to come into it and i'm like why is your franchise succeeding such a bad thing yeah the, yeah I, I i think it's kind of that hipster mentality a little bit where people kind of almost like it where it's like i like this thing before it was popular well i i, I can understand it in terms of like it's nicer when the community is smaller because you actually get like i, I remember before near automata came out Near and Drakengard discussions are very small, and as soon as 2B came along, then it was just like, but, 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 like, talking about 2B's ass and nothing else. And so I can kind of understand that, I, I, to an extent, um, but at the same time, it's still a bit like, I mean, no. Yeah. People can still talk about Near and Drakengard in their little communities. That's fine. Uh, Near Automata is gonna have, because, you know, Taro really wanted to make that ass fat. And it was, it was, he succeeded, it was good. It was good, yeah. It was good, good <laughs> shit. Um, so I'm gonna move on to the next question, yeah. nice and fast. Um, from at rotted underscore fish, what Final Fantasy is your favorite? Uh, you go first, cause I actually have to think a little bit. <laughs> oh, people, people know. Oh that yeah, yours is yet. nine. 
Oh, um, fuck yeah, it is. Hmm. You know what? Are we only counting Mayline? Let's say, for the sake of argument, no. Okay. Um, I think I would have to go Tactics. Uh, not, uh Tactics Advanced. Yeah. Oh! Cause I, oh yeah, I I like I like that game series. Uh, I wish it was more accessible. I wish they ported it into the next gen stuff because I don't have a a GBA anymore, so I have to emulate it if I want to play it. Um, mm, that's a surprising answer. Outside of that, I don't know which of the mainline games I would call my favorite because I'm definitely a casual Final Fantasy fan. I've sure. only ever dipped my toes in every once in a while. I, I've played. A decent amount of them. It's just a matter of how many have I finished that I can think of. I played seven way back in the day. Oh, shit, I have shit. a current save file that I've been like kind of slowly picking at. Um, I really like the ten series. I even like ten two, which apparently is a controversial opinion. No, I I, I actually want to make a in defense of ten two, but not for the reasons a lot of people are thinking. I I, I want to defend ten two as a game, not yeah. as a story. As a game, 10-2 is like, meh. Apart from, like, the 100% completion bullshit, the gameplay is so good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we had that conversation. Is like, 10-2 is actually mm. pretty good. People don't give it credit. But, yeah, outside of that, um, yeah, I think the 10-10 and 10-2 is, like, a combined thing is probably my favorite part of Final Fantasy. But also, this is coming from someone who hasn't dug into the series enough. See, I have to pick your brain a little bit more about why Tactics Advance, because, uh, again, like, after my In Defense of video, like, I, I'm very curious why people like Tactics Advance so much. Um, for me, I like the art, I like the art style a little bit more than I like ta the original Tactics. Um, mm. I, I've just always really liked the strategy RPG element. I like class systems, especially in regards to, um, strategy RPGs. And me and you had a little bit of a controversial, not controversial, but we had a little bit of a disagreement because the one thing you don't like, I actually do, which is the judge system. Yeah, I hate the yeah. judge system. And I know a lot of people hate the judge system. I totally get it. But in the same way, I like V and uh, the Devil Breakers in Devil May Cry because I like oh, when I a like game. V. Yeah. I like when a game kind of sets like a little boundary against you and you have to like find ways around it. I kind of like that about the judge system where it's like you can't use. Um, any one of this race they, they can't make moves absolutely can't if you do you get a yellow card and then you get a red card and after a red card then the character that broke the rule gets sent to jail for a couple uh couple um not rounds but it, uh, matches or whatever you want to call it battles sure sure and i kind of like that because there's some there's like a risk reward sometimes where it's like oh there's a rule in place that i can't use you know uh area of effect spells but if i do right now i can get like a, a lot of damage right here or i could win the battle right now so there's yeah. like a little bit of a mm, is it worth losing this character for the next couple battles and i have to pay their bail whatever i kind of like that but that's just okay me. that's that's valid no that's that's yeah. fair that's fair yeah. and um, i also like the auction house i like there's that little auction house element. oh yeah yeah that one's fun See no, that's 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 actually. I was dead surprised when you you reiterated and said advance. I was like, wait, what? Really? Damn! <laughs> like again, I'm not I'm not like saying it's. A, I I like taxes advance a whole lot, but I'm you don't hear it. You don't hear it a favorite. lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess on on that interesting one, we uh, I'm gonna say two more, and these can be a, a little bit. Uh, what's the word? I guess kind of fast, whatever. But we got one from a uh, at Kega nineteen ninety eight. 
and they say, what's a movie game series you really like, but can only play and watch it once? So do you have one ready? Not really. So this is the one I'm going to have to think on a little okay. bit. Uh, so I'll, I'll go. It's actually a very recent uh, piece of media that I experienced, as in last year, is uh, the movie Midsummer. Ah, you brought this up at Mag. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it's like my favorite horror movie of recent memory. I don't think I could actually sit through and watch it again. Um, for those unexperienced, it's made by, I always fuck up the name of the director, so I'm not even going to try, but it's the person who made uh, Hereditary. Uh, mm-hmm. Another really fantastic horror movie. Uh, Midsummer is the most anxious I've ever been in a theater possible. I, I felt like I was having a fucking panic attack the entire time. And it's and, and that's the perfect feeling you're that's the feeling you're supposed to have. It's very anxiety driven. Uh, the entire movie is set during the day. Like it's you never really get any outside of one scene at night. Most of it's during the daytime. And to have a horror movie that's all daytime that still makes you really anxious, I think is an impressive feat. Yeah. And uh, there was one scene, and I had two other friends that were at two different screenings that had the same experience where someone walked out of the theater midway through because they were nice. like, this is disgusting, this is horrendous. And the scene, for those of you who've seen the movie, is the is the scene with the cliff. Mm. And, um, and, I, and I thought it was funny when I was sitting there, and I was thinking about it after the fact, is like, the people leaving the theater, uh, the when it was my uh, theater, it was someone in my row. It was this older woman that was like two seats down from me. And she got up and she's like muttering as she walked away. It's like, oh, this is disgusting. This is sick. Oh, my God. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, that's exactly what you're supposed to feel. Because that's what the characters say after the event happened is they go, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck was that? And it becomes a cultural discussion because the, you know, the other group, uh, the, the basic premise is uh, these, you know, uh, kids from the states go to i think it's like sweden somewhere in norway mm. area they're at a commune basically and they're experiencing their midsummer festival that happens every i think they say 90 years or so and yeah. they're like oh this is a very special event you know uh no pictures please uh you can write about it um but they the, this event happens and they go fuck this we're fucking out of here that was horrendous that was absolutely disgusting i can't believe you did that and then the people that there's uh, the people at the in the commune, they're like, but that's just our culture. They 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 chose to do that. Like you know, mm-hmm. they weren't forced to do anything. And the people kind of go, uh, I I guess like we can't knock their culture if that's what it is. And that kind of creates a very interesting like dynamic throughout the entire movie. Is this idea of like different cultures, different things that are accepted, and there's a whole underlying theme of um the main character having to come to terms with their emotions. It's a really like good movie that really makes you unsettled the entire time. I was so fucking uncomfortable. And I told my friend who recommended it, I was like, you don't get to pick movies anymore. You don't get to pick movies that we see. But after I thought about, and after I kind of like, you know, let it digest, I was like, that was a fucking fantastic movie. I'm never watching it again. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's completely fair. It sounds interesting. Sorry, yeah. my cat is on my lap right now. Hang on. Do you want to say good. hello? Do you want to say hi? You're going to be quiet? Oh. Oh, <laughs> there she is. Hey, baby. Oh, silly thing. Um, Yeah, I guess I can answer really quickly a game for me that I probably, that I love but won't replay again anytime soon is Death Stranding. That's fair. 
yeah I for totally get what you mean. reasons yeah it's just like well you know it, it, you play it once for a very long experience and then it's like eh, i do need to do it again you know i've kind of had my fill of that for now i i kind of feel that's a lot of those bigger open world games too yeah anytime i finish an open world game i'm like i'm never probably ever gonna replay this again because i don't want to replay it like 40 hours or 50 hours worth of walking oh for sure absolutely um so again that was really quick just because yeah. we're running short on yeah, time yeah. now uh the final question is from at chemo force and they say what are your plans for 2020 in terms of content anything you can divulge and share i can answer that nice and simply um yeah i've got so much planned for 2020 um I want to do my Sakaguchi series, which is basically based on uh, the Mistwalker studio that he opened. So on games like Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey, Last Story, etc, etc. All of those games, I want to do a retrospective on the Final Fantasy XIV series, which is going to talk about all of the stories within that. Um, other, you know, little JRPGs here or there. I want to do something on Final Fantasy VII Remake so much like so 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 much it's going to be a very very fun year uh for clemps content that's for sure and uh, get some more guests on the podcast and stuff just hell yeah there's going to be a lot you're going to be excited for so yahoo and what about you my friend uh so i have a few things uh on the horizon i also tend to very sporadically just wild hair up my ass i'm going to talk about this now so uh i can be a little bit unpredictable if you told me start of last year oh you're gonna do a, a video about gargoyles and malcolm in the middle i've been like what are you fucking talking about yeah <laughs> so it really depends on what catches me in the mood but the current things i'm looking at in terms of uh potential videos versus some things i've already started is um i'm currently replaying through metal gear rising so that's oh, something i'm gonna cover because that's back to my you know action games uh i want to talk about arkham city because it's been like a year since i did the arkham asylum video so it's about time i revisit that and Mm. i've heavily been looking at haikyuu and king of the hill as topics because i those are both series that i really think are interesting for very different reasons so Mm, all right feel sweet fuck yeah man listen we both got a lot of a lot of stuff up our sleeves yeah yahoo all right I, i think on that note you know, well, what better way to end it than on a bunch of stuff that, you know, all the stuff we got in store for this year, and bloody hell, it's so early on as well. It's only just the very beginning of January, really, and it's, we're like 3% in already. Yeah, right. It's horrifying, I hate that. But yeah, anyways, guys, thank you very much uh, for tuning in and listening. I want to uh, give a very warm thank you to my guest, Foxcade. Uh, where can people find you, Foxcade? Uh, YouTube, Foxcade, uh, the very occasional Twitch, I'm on Foxcade as well. And uh, Twitch, it's uh, at SuperFoxcade because the person who had Foxcade originally uh, wouldn't let me take it. So, Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, well sweet. Uh, please go and check out Foxcade. He's a very, very talented content creator and a very good friend. Uh, so thank you very much for joining. I would love to have you on again in the future. Uh, I would love to be on. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you had a good time. Oh, absolutely. Hurrah! Good stuff. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining. I will see you all in the next video. That should be Dream Drop Distance, so please look forward to that. And I hope you all had a happy new year, and I can't wait to show you what 2020 has to offer, I guess. So, yeah. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.